uh, if a, a sannyasi does um, mantras for six or seven hours, does that uh, remove ignorance? It wasn't all mantras, so he did all his breathing too, didn't he? Oh, the breathing, yeah, that's another story. Oh, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, if, he, yeah if he do all mantras for six or seven hours, you'll remove all ignorance. Is that right? Is it true? What's wrong with that idea? Huh? You're already free. It's too long. Yeah, that's right. It's too long. You only need five hours. If, if, if a hundred ohm mantra or a thousand ohm mantras remove ignorance, then one ohm mantra will remove ignorance. So you only have to think one. Hey. What does Shankara say in Atma Bodh? Does anybody read Atma no Atma Bodh? No. Huh? Action won't remove ignorance. Huh? Because ignorance and action are not in, in conflict. Well, actions you do are motivated by ignorance, so the more actions you do, the more ignorant you are. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Third verb mantra, that's what it says. <laughs> because any action done by the, the, the doer of the action, huh? the doer of the action, is that limited or a li is that a limitless or a limited entity that's doing? Limited. Can a limited entity do an action that will produce a limitless result? No. Then? Action is not solving the problem. Action will remove the effects of ignorance, it says. What are the effects of ignorance? That's beliefs and opinions and so forth and so on. That's accumulated garbage. With, with action, you can remove your garbage, your mental garbage. But you can't remove ignorance. That's why we say you need to do sadhana. The sudden is not going to remove the ignorance. The sudden is going to remove the effects of ignorance that are preventing you from gaining knowledge. It's just—it's just amazing. These beliefs that persist for thousands of years, that that don't even meet the criterion of common sense, huh? That's, that's why we say Maya, is a, they, well, often some people translate Maya as, a, as a imagination. People think that what they think, because they think it, they think it's the truth. It's just fantasy, huh? It, so anything can be true for anybody. That's called Pratibhasika Satyam. Well, that's another story. Well, it's helpful to. Huh? I suppose it's helpful to remove the effects of karma. Yeah, sure, sure. It's, it's not only helpful; it's necessary to remove the effects. But don't think action is going to take away the ignorance. Mm. This is the problem with sadhana. You have to keep doing sadhana. Yeah, sadhana makes you feel good, and there's no reason why you shouldn't keep doing sadhana. But don't think, because what's the what's the basic ignorance that doesn't get removed when you when you when you uh, are you're doing sadhana, on the door. That's the moksha is what 
the negation of the doer, the removal of the doer. So the more the doer does, and the more beneficial results the doer gets, the more the doer uh, gets, the stronger the belief that I'm the doer becomes because his actions are making him happier. But to keep the happiness going, he has to keep doing. <clears throat> this is why you get these people doing sadhana, because the sadhana makes them happy. That's all. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good. But you have to keep doing to keep the happiness going. And you ask the people to stop doing those sadness, and they won't stop doing those sadness. Why? Because they, they're afraid of the unhappiness mm -hmm. that comes. So they're afraid they'll go back to where they were, which they will. Because the only thing that's making the happiness is the actions. And those actions eventually wear out, and they have to seek new actions. It's called the homeostatic effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, homeostasis. You only get so much benefit, or a law of diminishing utility. So I think that's another another word, for another statement for it. Uh, anyway, I get I'm getting excited now. I'm getting angry. Some <laughs> <laughs> ignorance. I kill ignorance. <laughs> But you need a sattvic kind of state of mind to be able to study the Vedas and, and get yeah. the right understanding. Right? Yeah, yeah. So without the sattva, if my mind is totally rajasic, yeah. I cannot see it and read. Yeah, that's right. So that's the point. It's <coughs> that's the a, point. It's a, tricky, it's a tricky business. It is a tricky business. Yeah, it is a tricky business. But not that tricky. It's not really that tricky. Just don't expect an action to make it. You shouldn't. Everybody knows that anyway. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, doesn't everybody know that, that an action that you do is not going to give you lasting happiness? Well, yeah. You know very well that an action you do may give you a temporary happiness. Isn't it? Yeah, you do a lot of... You know, I, I, I won't tell you what I ate, but I went out for a nice lunch. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. And, and I, was, I, I was temporarily happy. I was at least still a little happy. Okay? I'm still a little happy. But by the time this class is over, I won't, I'll have to be happy from the class because the happiness that came from the the X food, let me say it again, uh, that happiness will have been gone, won't it? And then I'll have to go back at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock to get back the food happiness again. But by the time the food happiness wears off, I'll do in the Vedanta teaching, then I'll get the Vedanta happiness. Till, what, 8? Is that when we finish? No. 9 till 9. So I'll only get my Vedanta happiness so I keep going till 9, and then I'll have to get figure out some other way to get happy for the next, you know, till I go to bed. Well, I could go to bed and I get sleep happiness. Anything I do, and, and you know, in the meantime, I might get some unhappiness too because I don't know if the action I'm going to do is going to actually produce a lot of beneficial result. Maybe if I go eat one more of those things, I'll get a stomachache and then I'll get unhappiness. So, action is not, 
going to give you lasting happiness. It'll give you a temporary good feeling. And it's nice to have, if, you know, it's nice to have a lifestyle that produces sattva. Definitely you should have a sattvic lifestyle if you want to understand these teachings. That's all. That's all. <laughs> anyway. Okay, Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyam Asmanacharya Paryantam Vande Guru Param Param Ishvaro Gurameti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomabhadhyaptadehaya Dakshinamurtaye namaha Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paramanandam Sadguru Pranatosmyam So, uh, what is this uh, non-dual bhakti? What is it? What's it like? What's what is it? Uh, it is. We, I'll just repeat those first few verses, and then we're on verse number seven. It's a, the seven is a very important verse. They're all important verses, obviously, but uh, I like seven very much. Uh, it's supreme love of yourself. Uh, and what is the benefit? Uh, the immortality benefit. You realize that you're immortal. And and what's the benefit of knowing you're immortal? All your worries stop. Because all your worries are based upon the fact that I'm insecure. That I'm not a secure being. That I'm subject to change. No? And you discover you're not subject to change anymore, and that you're happy that you are your happiness, that happiness is you and you are your happiness. So and since yourself is always present and, and, and was never born and is happiness itself, you stop worrying about stuff. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You want to live a long time? You want to live a real healthy, happy, long life yeah. with virtually pain-free life? Understand that you're immortal. Because what's killing most of us is worry. Bad habits born of worry. When you worry, you generate all kinds of toxic energies in your body. Subtle and gross energies. Chemicals even in the body. Worry produces certain kinds of Chemicals. The chemicals are produced by the mind. Everything comes from Ishwara. And when you worry and think bad negative thoughts, all that stuff accumulates in your body and in your mind. When you're not worried, then Ishwara, then you're the natural person. You're like the original first person that, that God created. You're absolutely normal. You're absolutely natural. And, and people like that, they allow Ishwar to uh, balance their energies. And the Shakti, the pure Shakti, uh, 
equilibrates and manages all the energies in all the systems. So things feel really, really good all the time. I, so I've been doing uh, practicing yoga, and I've been a gyani since since I was 29, and that's what almost almost 50 years, 49 years, and I don't have pain. Just don't have it. Once in a while, a little ache comes from you know, doing a repetitive. When I do that, when I do that, about the most pain I get is when I when I haven't taught for like a month and I keep going like this every day, poking, pointing at the chart. Then at night, then at night when I wake up, I got a little soreness in my neck, and that's about it. So don't, you don't worry because you're relaxed. That's the point. Re, this, this worry is stress, is, is tension. And there's no tension in these people. That they call, they call, it's like, uh, if you look at the picture, my, my spiritual name is, uh, is Ram. And Ram is a deity in um, <coughs> India, famous deity, a Vaishnav deity. Two main, uh, two main sects in India, the Shaivites and the Vaishnavites. And Ram and Krishna are Vaishnavite deities. They're incarnations of Vishnu. And Ram is a warrior like Krishna. He was a Kshatriya, a warrior. And he was, uh, he was a, uh, a Dharma king. He, he came to establish Dharma. He killed Ravana. And he solved a whole bunch of problems, just like Krishna did. And if you look at the deities, the pictures of Ram, there's always Ram and Sita. That means what? Spirit and matter, consciousness and, and Maya. Sita is always Maya. The woman is always Maya, and the man is always the self. And when, uh, and when they put them together, you have what? A, a complete being. Because every every created object is made of two things, uh, consciousness and matter. Verse uh, chapter seven, Gita discusses, and Parashat explains how every created object is both. Now, with 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 Ram, he's a warrior, but when he's a, a, a deity, he has a bow. Hmm? But you know what's interesting about the bow that he has? It has no string on it. No tension. No tension. That's the meaning. You wouldn't you wouldn't pick it up if you didn't know this teaching. Huh? If the bow's got a string, it's always huh tense. It can shoot an arrow. It can cause problems, can it? It can destroy things. But if there's no no string, huh, how's he going to shoot? <coughs> so that means enlightened people they don't have any tension. They're they're ten, huh? Well, uh, if you don't have any tension, then everything works automatically. Because Ishwar didn't set up the body and the mind, huh, uh, to have, be a problem. 
in Ishwara's mind, in the pure sattva, where Ishwara, uh, in the pure sattva, when Ishwara designed the human program, he made the program perfect. He didn't account for ignorance. So when ignorant, huh? But when ignorance comes, then the program is affected, and 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 the the jivas become tense. They're worried about survival. Huh? You know how people are always talking about surviving. Now, the, the, you, you look at a person. And say, what are you What are you doing? <laughs> uh, why are you working so hard? I've got to survive. That's what they say, isn't it? I have to survive. But excuse me, you are surviving. Or if you weren't surviving, you couldn't work. <coughs> no, no, I'm working to survive. No, <laughs> you, you aren't working to survive because you're already surviving. If you, if you weren't, huh? If you, or if you, if you were, if you only, you know. Well, anyway, you know what I mean. So the that instinct, that that tension. That you have to do something to what? To be, to survive, to live, to be. Huh? Is produced by ignorance. You don't have to. Ishwara's got your back. You're, you're a perfect program. So once you let go of that, virtually nothing ever happens in the program. Unless there's some effects from previous lives or some macrocosmic thing that causes some suffering or some pain. But the, 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 so this, uh, this immortality benefit, that's, you know, what more can you ask for? You know, I, I, when I was 28, I thought, I thought, I understood that. Oh boy, if I can crack the code here, I'm going to have, I'm going to have the next, my whole rest of my life is going to be Fabulous, and it's been absolutely fabulous. I've had the most fabulous life. I, I just could not imagine a better life than I've had. In fact, I'm, I'm daily, I'm, I'm pinching myself like, <laughs> is, this, is it really this good? Is Israel really this merciful, this, this kind, this, this loving, this compassionate, that, that a sinner like me, Ishwara, Make such an amazing, amazing life. Look at I get to meet you beautiful people. All you people are so beautiful. You just, I mean, I love you, you know. You're, I just love you. And that's amazing. I mean, huh? Even if you don't like me, I love you. Huh? You understand? This, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful world. It's so beautiful. So once you know that, nothing goes wrong. Every single thing is perfect. The perfection benefit. He says perfect. Then he says, uh, one who obtains it, what? Becomes perfect. That's the next verse. Immortal, and this repeats immortal, and fully satisfied. And then he says, one who attains it becomes completely desireless. Oh, nice, huh? Number six, number five. Verse five. 
Verse 5. One who attains it becomes completely desireless. You finished already six? Huh? Yeah, well, I'm just reading them. Okay. I, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. Uh, it's, a, it's a way you learn. You repeat. You hear it, and then you back up, and you repeat, and then you back up, and you repeat, yeah, and repeat, yeah, yeah. This is part of the practice. Oh, that's so boring, Ramji. You said that earlier. Let's give me something new. I want some new teachings. There's, there's no new teachings. It's the same teaching every time. Every book, every class is the same teaching. <laughs> I understand. If, if you got a new teaching, it can't be a real teaching, can it? How can it? All these guys come along, and every generation you got some guys come, come along. Andrew Cohen, he was one of them. Now, there's other guys out there doing it, you know. And they say, oh, the old, those old musty Indian sages, you know, they wrote the Vedas, you know. But what kind of bunch of homeless uh, homeless hippies living on the Ganges banks without any food and naked guys with beards and don't even shave? You know, well, what what could they know about modern life? You know, we're really we're really much more advanced than those guys. We're so sophisticated. We you know we need we need a new spirituality for the modern age. And I'm going to supply the modern age with the spiritual ideas that it needs. Look, we're just apes. You just don't have your tail, that's all. In fact, you actually, uh, actually there is that, the end of the spine, sometimes there's a little tail there. That shows that years ago, you're still an ape. You're, you're still hanging by your tail in the trees. You know. So what worked for the apes thousands of years ago is going to work for you right now. There's <laughs> nothing new. This is a perfect teaching. That's why it stays the same. It does the job. We don't need, you know. There's guys. Is there anybody out there trying to improve on the wheel? Hmm? No, they might need to try to make better tires for their cars. But is anybody changed the the design, the wheel? <coughs> is anybody doing that? Oh, going around it's just it's too little too perfect. I don't think that's right. I think we should make a little bump in it. So that every time you go around you feel a little bump and then you remember how perfect the wheel is. <laughs> huh? Is that What's wrong with these people? Huh? What's wrong with them? Aren't they satisfied? No, you have to just, you, you hear this and you hear it and you hear it and you hear it. You know? And, and then you start, it starts to make sense. Some young, a, a really cool guy in Amsterdam last week, he said, and I know he's, it's true, he spends at least three hours every day on the, on the scripture and on the videos and the books, at least three hours. And he, I, uh, he's been coming for about, uh, he's a Jamaican guy, really cool guy. And, and he's been coming for about four years, I think. And he came up to me and he said, he said, I don't know, he said, I don't know what kept me going. 
because I, I was really, really confused for a, a long, long time. He said, but he said in the last six months or so, he said, everything's starting to click, 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 click. Everything's starting to feed in and fix. And, and they, huh? What the hell is that? Huh? Everything's starting to make sense. He was so happy. He was so, he was just so happy. He gave me a, a beautiful book and, and, he, and a big, big envelope full of money. <laughs> and I know he doesn't have much money, but it was, I'm sure certainly all that he had extra. But, but because he just, he, he just persevered. He just kept at it. He, 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 there was something in him that told him there was something there to understand. And he'd get little glimpses here and there, but now he said, and I said, well, that's right. That's about right, because this is a common thing. People say anywhere from three to five years. I've never met the people, most of them. But regularly I get met, I met emails from them and say, you don't know me. I, I, we never met in person. I never attended any one of your seminars, but I've been reading your books and doing this on this and that and the other thing and contemplating. And, 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 and now everything's crystal clear and thank you very much. But it's all, you know, because what? It's just, you just keep at it. There's no new ideas here. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the assimilation of these ideas and then the application of these ideas. And, and that, you know, that's why Vedanta is not popular. It's, it's, you know, you got these guys that, you know, that get you high in a satsang. And, and you know, you have 5,000 people together in a big stadium or whatever it is. And then they're, yeah, sure. You chat a few mantras and you give them some nice ideas, a little inspiration. Everybody's going to get high. Of course, they're going to feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. But how long is that going to last? And the next time you go back, it costs a little more, and there's a new new teaching. Have you ever noticed that with these guys? They all keep coming up with new teachings. Because the, the, the teaching they gave them before doesn't work very long. It has the homeostatic effect. So they dig up a new teaching. They charge a little more. And, and they make you feel that because you're paying a little more, you're getting a better teaching. But it's just a different thing, just a different veneration of the same thing. And then you do that for a while. And then you get high for a while. And you think, that's it, until the effect wears off. And then they come up with a new teaching. Or they make it like Scientology, a clearing. You can spend... I think I think to get to the highest level, which is what, Phaetons? No, what are they? Oh. What? Three. 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 The Phaetons. The it, it general it costs generally Million, like yeah. about eight hundred thousand dollars to get to yeah. the Phaeton yeah. level. It's special. It's guaranteed. Huh? It's a guarantee. Guaranteed, yeah. And, and yeah, and if it doesn't work, do they give you your money back? No, they don't. So no, this is there's nothing new here. Excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Then, then he says, uh, and then the verse we just did uh, before the break, uh, what is 
is uh, uh, when non-dual motion is attained, one is wonderstruck, immersed in silence and intoxicated with the self. In other words, you shut up, you don't claim who you are, and you're absolutely in awe. Why? Because you, you've, all along your whole life has been wondering what you're doing here on the earth, and, and now you realize why you came here. And you know what? There's nothing more to do. It's like, then you're on permanent vacation. Huh? <laughs> you, 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 I, did, I, I did a human being. I did that. I, I was a human being. And I did it 100%. And now I don't have to be a human being anymore. Oh, thank God. I don't have to do any more work. Thank God. <laughs> and you're so, so grateful. You just can't. You can't imagine how wonderful you feel. You know. Uh, he says that. And then the next verse, that's number eight. Let me see what page I got. 34. <clears throat> in the book. You know, they got this book in uh, in German. I, I didn't bring mine because I didn't want to get you guys to buy my book because we're trying to sell a German's book. <laughs> Make Yoga Vidya happy so they invite us back again. <laughs> now listen to this one. This is another sign. This is another benefit of, of assimilated self-knowledge. Assimilated self-knowledge. What is it? Renunciation. Huh? Oh, here it is. Uh, number seven. It does not generate desires. Why not? What? what huh? Cause yeah, because you're satisfied. You only generate desires when you're dissatisfied. But if you're satisfied, you don't generate desires. Do you ever go to Thailand in the winter and see all those Westerners? All laying flat on their backs in the sand, huh? With their bodies all red, and, 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 and they're just laying there like that, not moving a muscle, huh? And a little Thai ladies walk walking around with coconuts and and little fans and stuff, you know. Why aren't they moving? Why aren't they doing anything? Because they're totally satisfied. That's why they're not moving. They're laying like flat on their backs in the sun, and it's, they're very happy. Uh, they're not moving. So that's the idea. At what? And what does it do? What, this is a positive benefit now. It's not only are you not doing, but the positive benefit is, and he, he says, <coughs> and, which is followed up by the definition of the word, it said, and I know this is a dirty word. This is a naughty word. Not supposed to say that word anymore. Not anymore in these societies. No way. So this is, uh, I just, don't tell it. Don't tell anybody I told you. <laughs> it inclines one to renunciation. And what does verse say renunciation is? Renunciation is the consecration of worldly and spiritual duties to the Lord. In other words, it's turning over everything to Ishwara.
I can let that go. Ishwar, you can have it. You take care of that. You're the boss. You created, sustained, and destroyed it anyway. I know who I am. Why should I do anything? You take care of all that shit. That's your job. It's like a baby. You're like a baby. Just jump up in Ishwara's arm and <laughs> suck on your mom's tit. <laughs> Everything's done for you. That's Ishwara. Ishwara's a big mom, a big pop. Cradles you in the arms, covers you up, carries you Talk sweet to you. Everybody talks sweet to you. Huh? And it's a spirit. It's a spirit. People are forever getting me, trying to get me to close my, close the doors and lock the stuff. Somebody wants me to, to it's worried that somebody's going to steal the videos. You left, you left the donation box there. James, you left the donation box there was money in the donation box. Somebody might steal it. Well, if somebody steals this, Ishwar is stealing it for somebody who needs some money, I guess. <laughs> right? Huh? You're looking at me like I'm sort of kind of, kind of crazy. Huh? You look like, the, is there something wrong with this boy? Yeah, there's something wrong with me. I'm a madman. I, you know, I actually don't give a shit. Understand? I don't care. Lock you. My, my wife is South African. <clears throat> now, in South Africa, uh, you don't just walk out of your door and go for a walk. You don't, huh? You don't do that. It's just, huh? It's dangerous. So there, everybody's scared all the time. But they're so scared, and they've got all these things in place. Being scared is being normal. That's normal for them. Now, when she marries me, she comes to America. And I live in a countryside. You know? I don't even lock my car at night. I usually leave the keys in my car. I leave it in the, in the driveway. And very often, because I'm getting old, I forget to close the garage door. So all my tools and stuff is... There and that I don't lock the doors to the house or close the windows because I want the fresh air. Yeah, I go to sleep and I'm fine. And, you know, my God, uh, for, first night I, I wake up the first morning. She's been there. Everything's locked up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> garage doors down. The keys are out. The cars locked. All the doors. All the windows are locked. And, uh, and there's only like squirrels, <laughs> huh? Fish. <laughs> and and in eagles and stuff, <laughs> and I get scolded. Don't you know somebody? Somebody. Anyway, even if they come in, what are they going to do? Steal my Krishna statue? <laughs> you you can't fence a Krishna statue in the local pawn shop. You won't get a dime for it. We got nothing. It's valuable to us, of course, but it, it, it's, you know, uh, nobody else is going to take it. And if they take it, well, maybe they need to pray to Krishna. So you can have my Krishna statue too, you know. 
Leave it up. It's consecration. Let it go. For God's sake, stop worrying about it. That that's how that's the feeling. And wouldn't it be nice to like feel it, to be fear, free that way? Because because fear is such a heavy thought. <clears throat> you you think you know being fat and carrying an extra fifty pounds is heavy? Carrying one fear thought in your mind is really 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 heavy. Huh? And you keep carrying that thought with you day in and day out, year after year, and it just drags you down spiritually. It's like have, putting the brake, having the brakes on your car and trying to drive your car. It's like, the, you know, the, have you ever done that with your car? You know, the car has an emergency brake. And maybe you drove in at night and you, you put it on, but you didn't put it on very much. You're in a hurry to get to bed or something. So you just pull the emergency brake on. And that you the didn't put smell. Huh? The burning smell. No, no, you, no, you didn't put it on that much. <laughs> you didn't put it on that much. At least maybe it would burn after a while. But so then you, you start up in the morning and, and you, you look at it and it looks like it's off, but it's actually on. And you start driving your car down the road and your car doesn't feel like uh, your car doesn't feel like uh, it's there's something quite wrong with it, but you can't figure it out because it, huh? There's a kind of resistance, huh? And and you think, what's wrong with this car? I have to take it into the mechanic. And then maybe, maybe what you, what's wrong? Now now they have a little beeper that warns you and shows you a picture. But in the old days, they didn't. And then then I t removed the emergency brake and the thing took off. Uh, after I had my uh, open heart surgery. Uh, they 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 told me you need to take and I didn't think about it much. They they cut me open and they put five new pipes tubes to my heart and they take they take uh, veins from from uh, part of the body usually around your knee or something. Evidently those veins don't impact, so they're 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 fresh even in an old person. So they cut them out. And then they glue them in here, and they sew you back up. And then they tell you, they tell you, uh, you, you should take these pills, you know, whatever they are. They're, they're, they're statins, there were statins in their blood thinners and all that sort of stuff. You, you should take those, they say. So they give you the pills. I don't think anything about it. I just take my pills. So a doctor says what the doctor says, I take pills. After a while, after, after a few weeks, I, st I notice that everything I'm doing is an effort. It, it, you know, normally when you walk, you don't think, oh, I have to walk, do you? Ishwar does the walking. Isn't that right? When you're walking, you can do other things because Ishwar walks for you, doesn't it? But then it was like Ishwar wasn't doing the walking. I had to help Ishwar move my feet. Every action was like conscious, huh? Every, every action was like uh, an effort. I think this is awful. What's wrong? I can't figure this out. This is weird. It's, it doesn't, I, you know, I'm, there's, I'm off. 
and and I told Sundari, and so she gets on the internet and starts doing some research about all these things that I'm taking, because she doesn't believe in taking anything. <laughs> it turns out that what it was the pills I was taking, but huh? It was all the, the medication that they give you to prevent the next heart attack. Now, what's the next heart attack about? I didn't have a heart attack. I just had plugged arteries. But what's the next? Uh, fear. Uh, huh? Fear. Fear. It's the fear thought. It's just the fear thought. I threw out, I, I just, I got up. Well, and she said, I can't tell you what to do, but this is the research. I just got up and I took all the, the medicines and I threw them in the trash. Huh? And man, my energy just went, <laughs> why? Because every pill, I was taking fear. Huh? Every pill was a fear thought. I was, you thought you were protecting yourself. But what were you doing? You were hurting yourself. You were, huh? Just a thought. Throw those pills away. You don't think the thoughts? Oh, I'm fine. Somebody said, you have heart disease. I don't have heart disease. I had plugged arteries. The arteries are gone. I don't have any disease. The, the blood's going nicely. I got, look at me. I'm 80, almost 80 years old, and I'm going like a demon. <laughs> Do I look like I have heart disease? <laughs> and if I have heart disease, it's, it's, it's the heart that counts is fine. Okay? The self is fine. The self is your heart, your Atman. That's what Atma means, the heart, your essence. There's no resistance there. So, so you, you don't have this, you know, you don't want anything. You just, in fact, you're, you want to try to get rid of things. I'm always throwing stuff out. Uh, Sundri says to me, Where's the whatchamacallit? Whatever it is. <laughs> and I said, oh, I don't know. I do know. But I said, oh, I don't know. I must be around here somewhere. But I threw it out. And she says, you're lying. I know very well you throw that away. You know. And I did. So I'm, I just got tired of seeing it laying around there. We weren't using it. You, you, you get something that you use once a year. And you got... 50 things that you use once a year and you got them in your house, that's 50 things cluttering your damn house up because you use them once a year. Well, I'll worry about it if I need it. Huh? So I just throw them out. So I don't want them. I have to clean them up. I have to put them away. I have to store them in a closet. I have to do all this stuff. Why should I? Throw it away. It's going to be fine. And if, you know, if the, if the Bathroom floor is not as clean as it, it like, so you can eat off it, that's fine. Because I don't go to eat in the bathroom. Understand? <laughs> These people think differently. Understand? And then what, and what is that? So it's, and, and what do you, what do you consecrate? There's, it, 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 it's what, you, what do you turn over? Your spiritual duties too. I was just using worldly duties as an example. Well, what? No more need to like chant Om five hundred times. Okay, <laughs> I am the Om. I'm a walking, talking Om. 
So I, I don't need to chat all. <laughs> Every everything I say is all. Understand? So it's like that. Yeah. So you're, when you so when you keep doing spiritual duties, that could still be for, just for the joy of it. Then. <laughs> for the joy of it, you can. Well, but if you're the joy, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do it for the joy. You can do it for. Well, you know, you could. Uh, it's a tricky argument, <laughs> okay. huh? Uh, it's, it's a very tricky argument because can you add? Can any act joy that you produce by an action add anything to the joy of, of, of the bliss of awareness? No, but you can still. But since you are acting, why shouldn't you do actions that produce joy? And, and they're going to say that in here. It's, it's going to say later on that. Duality huh, doesn't stand in the way of non-duality. So somebody, somebody I, I haven't replied yet, but I got an email. I may have told you this, but I got an email a couple days ago. And the guy is telling me that if you know who you are, why would you chant Sarashiva Samarambha? Why would you do that if you know who you are? Huh? And I said, well, if you know who you are, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Since so, so the doer's still there, why wouldn't the doer worship duality? I'm always talking to Krishna, but I don't think Krishna is somebody else. It's just an excuse to, well, I'll talk to myself. <laughs> That's all. Which, huh? Which you're doing all the time anyway, aren't you? You're just afraid to just say it with your mouth because people think you're goofy. But <laughs> but aren't you really just talking to yourself all the time in your mind, making comments? Sure you are. Of course you are. And and does that keep you from being whole and complete, or 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 make you screwed up and weird? No. That's really what my wife will say. What are you talking to? So to myself. Well, you're not. That's not only yourself here. I'm here. Please shut up. <laughs> or I'll sing a song, you know, just for fun. I don't like that tune. Shut up. <laughs> so, duality doesn't uh, affect non-duality. This guy, he's he's real. You could tell he was a real one of those spiritual prigs. Yeah, and I, but I don't get angry at him. I always schmooze him. I don't, I don't let them piss me off because they, they really want to irritate me. They really want to say, I know something and you don't. And of course, when somebody says that, then you yeah, get your back up and you want to like get in a fight with them, see? But I always say, oh yeah, you're right, actually right. And, and, and that's a real, or I say, that's really a good question. Wow, that's a really cool question, you know? Then they feel really good. And then I say, but what about this? As if they're my guru now, huh? try to get a little information out, but actually I'm tweaking them and making them think. And often I catch them. Often I catch them and they'll, 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 they'll get more serious about Vedanta. They'll quit criticizing it simply because of my attitude. You know, I don't try to defend it. I, I, I accept their attitude and then I ask them a little question and in a nice, very nice way, very friendly, very nice way. Maybe make a little compliment. Krishna does this to Arjuna all the time. If you study the Bhagavad Gita, 
if you know the Sanskrit and you know the meaning of those words that he addresses to Arjuna, he's always buttering Arjuna up or, or huh, in various ways. Huh? Keeps Arjuna close in his pocket and keeps buttering him up. So, you don't have that resistance to things anymore. It's fine. The negative's the self, the positive's the self, it's all the self. But I don't worry. So, so these people are... And then, oh, the wonderful power of desire. What? Well, we, we discussed that wonderful power earlier, huh? I mean, just think of it. Can you, can you imagine, like that uh, open heart surgery I had, that's pretty wonderful, isn't it? You guys are getting the benefit because I wouldn't be able to keep doing this. Now, who, does it, who developed that technology and those procedures? Uh, my wife's mother, she, she was operated on by Christian Barnard. Christian Barnard was the guy who invented open heart surgery. And, and he put in her heart, he put in her heart, or somewhere in there, some kind of valve. And it was, it was cl a clunky piece of plastic. And she said you could hear your, you could hear that thing clunking around in, in her mother's chest all her life from across the room. <laughs> huh? Huh? It was so loud you couldn't sleep in the same room because it was bonk, 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 you know. And like, I'm, I'm in there four days, only four days. They cut you wide open, they, they, they break, they cut the, the bones, they pull them apart, huh? They cut all this stuff out. They dig this stuff up. They glue it. I don't know how they even make those things stick. They glue it all together, sew it up, sew you back up, put you, stand you up. The next day, make you walk around the hospital a few times and send you out. Yeah, yeah you feel you feel a little shaky for a week or so. But, but you're back on your feet. My God, look at it. I've already got almost six years now out of the, out of the new tubes. And the way it's going, it looks like I'm going to get another five or six, maybe. Maybe even more. Who knows? Plus, they can do it again. What's <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> that, that desire, isn't it? People had desire. That's a beautiful desire, to serve people, to help people, to, to give them new life and, new, and you know, make their lives better. Huh? We live better than the king's. Look at the, the heater in the room here, man. Look at the carpet. Do you think King Henry had a heater in his room like that? Huh? Those, those big, powerful people? No, my God, they died young. And they were always cold, particularly the northern guys, the guys, the, the Celts and those people up there. Huh? We got it so good. Like, a guy wanted to go to London from Birmingham, and it, it took him, like, you know, two weeks in a horse and buggy, and they had to they had to have soldiers because there were guys that were killing and all that. Now you just walked out, you walk out of your house, you get on the train, you pay uh, you know fifty dollars, and you're in London in an hour and a half. Wonderful power of desire. Huh? Used to have to, they used to have to, you know, to get to India, they had used to have to go all the way around to Africa and over to India. 
Cape of Good Hope. So the, the Brits cut a channel through the Arabia between Egypt and and, uh, and and now you just zip through there and off you go over to India. Cuts like three weeks, two weeks out of the three weeks out of the journey. So uh, desires fine as long as what doesn't injure anybody. It's beautiful. It's a creative power. And the day your the day your desires stop is the day they they put you in the warm earth <laughs> and feed you to the worms. The, huh? So, huh? Desires your life force. It's your prana. It's your shakti. Huh? That's your desire. And it takes you to wonderful places. Just make sure, you know, it's in harmony with Ishwara's will. And then you got Ishwara on board and off, off you go. So, power desire. And what is this? Uh, verse 9. Uh, renunciation is one-pointed devotion to Ishwara. And it's the same idea. And complete indifference to objects. It doesn't mean objects are negative. It doesn't mean objects are positive. It means objects are value neutral. Indifference means value neutral. You're not for objects and you're not against objects. You're just an object's an object. And why are objects value neutral? We need to know that. What, huh? Yeah, they're inert. It's just matter. This is wood. This is matter. Does it have any intrinsic value apart from the value I give it? It only becomes valuable if I make it into a chair, doesn't it? Has a tree also has a bone. Huh? As a tree also has a value. Yeah, but that's value new. Yeah, it does or it doesn't. I mean, you know, yeah. But but who the value for whom? A value for the people who get the oxygen. But what about animals or or what about other other in, inanimate objects that don't need oxygen? It's no value for them. So. <laughs> and and what if you don't care about it for the dead it's not that useful because they don't need oxygen for the celestials they don't breathe oxygen they live off luminous moonbeams or something I guess I don't know what they do <laughs> so all objects are value neutral in fact a tree can be a huge problem for a person can it Yeah, I mean, in the cities, you got a whole class of lawyers. They're tree lawyers, <laughs> huh? You know that? Oh yeah, in America, you got tree lawyers. Now, the tree lawyers are those that's here because, say, I have a beautiful tree on my property, but it was just a small tree when I bought the property, and it was right on the property line. It was like six inches from the property line. I owned it here, and then I planted my tree there. But then I lived there for 50 years, and now I got a big tree. Now, my tree doesn't know that the property line is here. 
So the branches grow into my thing, and the branches grow into my neighbor's thing. And one day, a big branch fell off my tree and, and bonked on my neighbor's kid and put him in the hospital. Now, is that a good tree, or is that a valuable tree? It's valuable for the lawyers. <laughs> it's not valuable for the man or the kid or for me, is it? It's a it's a pain it's a, a pain producing tree. The lawyers did all right, and the guys that took it away, they cut it up and sold it as firewood, so it's useful for them. But what? So the same object, what the value is only projected by conscious beings on on inert objects. Even human beings are value neutral, because why? Because the human being is just a concept, isn't it? There's good human beings and bad human beings. Because I'm a bad, because I'm a human being, makes me a good person or a bad person. No, because all a human being can be anything. Where does the value come? It comes as a projection. So everything here is just concept, conceptual. You, you're never actually experiencing. Understand, this is, a, this is a very subtle point, and it's a very important point, and it's a very true point. You're never actually experiencing an objects <coughs> outside yourself, away from you. You ever only experience the thought of an object. Do you know the gla famous glasses teaching? Does anybody not know the famous glasses teaching? The location of objects. Do you know that? Okay, you don't. No, you don't. You heard it before, but you're, you're slowly assimilating, though. So you're doing good, man. You've heard it, but you didn't hear it. Okay. No, you can. You can hear a teaching and you not know what it means. Where Where do you experience the glasses? My hand? Now you're already having a question. You see, you know it's a trick question. So you won't answer. I should have. I got to get better at this. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know it's a trick question. Well, it isn't a trick question. Because if, if you say, the glasses are in my hand, that's true. Assuming what? What is the assumption you're making that puts the glasses in my hand about you? The assumption you're making about you. In other words, who are you when you say the glasses are in James's hand? Who are you? Body. Body. Correct. If you're the body, then the glasses are over here in my hand. Is that correct? Uh, if you're the self, where are the glasses? Where's the location of the self if you're the glasses? I mean, if you're the, where are the glasses if you're the self? In your mind. In, in me, in you. There's no other option, is there? Because there's only me. 
So the glasses are in me, and the glasses are me. Isn't that right? From the self's point of view. So how does that work? How, yeah, there's another. There's another logical progression now of ideas that will show you that the glasses are not in my head. I used a, I used a very difficult logic. If everything's a self and there are glasses, then the glasses have to be the self, right? That's logical, but we want a more practical demonstration. We want to uh, appreciate that fact uh, on the basis of an analysis of our experience. So let's 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 walk through this experientially and see if the glasses are actually in my hand or if they're somewhere else. And what are they? Because the question is what are they? Not where they are, but what are they? And where they are was going to, if we can determine where they are, we can determine what they are. So, when, when you see an object, a tree or glasses or anything like that, do you actually journey out, do your eyes journey out through your, your does your mind journey out through your eyes and go over and envelop the whole object huh? and and collect information and then come back in huh and and give you the experience of it of a glasses or a tree is that how it happens no that's right no the answer is no that's not if you're experiencing if you have eyes and if, you, if you're experiencing the glasses with your body, then you'd have to get your body over there to, to the tree, let's say to a tree. Okay, now my body's here, right close to the tree. How much of the tree am I going to experience with my eyes? Well, I could hug the tree, so I'll get some sort of experience through my uh, skin. Also, I get some information through my skin. I guess I can smell the tree, so I get an idea of what the tree smelled like. Huh? Isn't that like... So I, all my senses, I can, I can gain some information. Now, each one of my sense organs is doing what? It's gathering information about the tree. Now, do all those little bits of info, those five bits of information from my five perceptive organs, do that, is that uh, give me the experience of the tree? Looks like it. Seems mm -hmm. like it. Uh, but it does, but what happens? It does, but it doesn't. But who's putting those five little bits of information to give me the total experience of a tree? Because each organ just gives me an experience of part of the tree, doesn't it? That's why I have, huh? Huh? Your mind. Yeah, your mind. Your mind. Your mind integrates those five streams of information that come in from your five knowledge-gathering instruments into one cogent experience, one simple cogent experience, until you get the tree experience. And what is that tree experience? Is that the experience of a tree or the thought of a tree? The thought of a tree, isn't it? Because the tree's not coming into your mind, is it? The tree itself. 
Does the tree jump up and pass into your mind so you can experience it and then you get a thought in your mind? No. What? <laughs> no, it doesn't, does it? So what you experience, when you experience a tree, what are you experiencing? The thought of a tree. Uh, when you're experiencing your wife, or your husband, okay? Oh. Are you experiencing? <laughs> 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 Tell about your relationship. <laughs> Are you actually experiencing your wife or your husband? <laughs> no. You're experiencing the thought. Of your wife or your husband. Why? Because when you're thinking of a dog, your dog, maybe it's more happy to think of your dog than it is of your wife or your husband. When you're thinking of your dog, do you have a wife and a husband? Or a husband? Huh? No, at the time when you're experiencing this thought, are you experiencing any other thought? Only your dog. Huh? Only they're having only the dog thought, isn't it? So that means what? Your wife is only your wife, or your husband is only your husband, when you're thinking about them. When you're thinking about your kid, you're a mother, and you're not thinking about your husband. Huh? Isn't it? So that, what you can do this with any object. The object, every object, is only a thought object. It's not a physical object out there. Quantum physics can help you with this if you studied the, the quantum physics research. Because they analyze the senses. Because their whole, their whole epistemology, their whole means of knowledge, their epistemology is based on the sense organs. And, and they, they've become extremely sophisticated in understanding the senses because they're trying to like, observe elementary particles. Now, elementary particles you can't see with your eyes. You, our, our knowledge of elementary particles is, 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 is good knowledge. It's solid knowledge. But you can't see them with your eyes. You, you can only gain, you, but you need visual knowledge to reason from. So once they've got a, basic, a base of, of perceptual knowledge, then they can extrapolate, that is, they can infer other facts, and those facts can lead to the knowledge of other things, like elementary particles. So, so, so from perception, we can, from perception, we can infer things and we can gain knowledge. So I explained to you about looking in the rearview mirror, remember? You don't see the car behind you, but you know there's a car behind you when you look at what? The reflection of the car in the mirror. So you're not directly perceiving the cars in the traffic behind you, are you? You're indirectly perceiving the traffic, but they you're not seeing them physically. 
you see in the reflection, and you're inferring the existence of a physical object. And that's as good, inference is as good for knowledge of a car behind you as direct perception and turning around and looking at it. So what you're, pres I haven't forgot where we're going with this, by the way. <laughs> so everything you experience are your thoughts in your mind. That's correct. So the whole word and the husband and the now, dog. Now, does does a thought ha now? If I think, if I think uh, the Donald Trump thought, <laughs> and you think the Donald Trump thought, do those two thoughts have the same value? Hmm? Well, they do. They are they are just thoughts, right? No, they don't. No, they don't. Because you like Donald Trump and I don't. Okay. Well. You like the Donald Trump thought. I didn't see Donald Trump. You didn't see Donald Trump. When you think the Donald Trump thought, you think he's a jerk. And when I think the Donald Trump thought, I think he's my hero. Now, <laughs> now if, if Donald Trump was a jerk, then when I thought the Donald Trump thought, I'd think he was a jerk. Huh? If Donald Trump was a hero, or, huh? Oh, the vice versa. Huh? In other words, the value of the thought is projected by your karma, by your conditioning. Mm. Vegans can't eat meat. Carnivores love meat. Does that mean there's anything good about meat or bad about meat? The meat thought, huh? you're not eating meat, you're eating the thought of meat, and the thought of meat depends upon your values. So if you think meat's bad, then uh, meat's bad. If you think meat's good, meat's good. But meat is value neutral. <laughs> what is it? It's inert. The thoughts are inert. So, a th so uh, an inert object can't have a value. Values are subjective. This is good or this bad, what? Based upon what? My beliefs, my value system, my opinions, my conditioning, so forth and so on, isn't it? Those are also thoughts, emotions, and yeah, those are thoughts. Yeah, those are thoughts the too. The whole thing. The whole of Maya is what? That's it. Let's quit. <laughs> huh? The whole of Maya is value neutral. Every object, the whole thing is value neutral. Why? Why? And what? What does the Gita say? What does the, the Scripture say? Huh? Because Maya is the material. I will put the other chart on afterwards. Uh, we'll, we'll get this chart off here. Uh, because Maya is the material principle. Every, every created object, every object is created. And we'll just take the world, because Maya, Maya creates the world. Is what? Every, every object created. And all objects are in the world, so we'll just consider the world. The world is made of two things. Spirit, or consciousness, existence consciousness, we call it chaitanyam, it means consciousness, and what? And matter. 
Okay? There is no created object that is, is, is independent of those two principles. Matter can't create, and the self or consciousness can't create. That's not possible. But when they seemingly come together, we get a creation. And, that, and so the cause of the creation is what? The wedding of spirit and matter. That's why in the Hindu system, you always see God, a god, a male god, and a female god. The female represents maya, and the male represents consciousness. Neither one of those is creative. When they're joined together, when they have spiritual sex, okay? <laughs> you see, huh? They don't have sex. It's a symbol. People think, oh, you see, enlightenment is spiritual sex. You know, and so they try to get together and, and create, you know, fuck their way to God, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> when they come together, huh, then huh, these two principles create the world, life. Neither one of them is has got any value. When you put them together, then you get, and then life becomes valuable. What? Only to created opt, only to created beings, only to sentient beings. Life isn't valuable to chairs, is it? Even though life is, even though this in that object is what is inert. So. So there's no value in any object apart from the value put in it. See, in itself already a big relief. Huh? Huge relief, yeah, huh? Yeah. Because what am I doing every day? I'm valuing some thoughts in one way. I'm valuing some thoughts. I'm saying, I shouldn't think this because this is a bad thought. And I should think this, this, this is a good thought. But... That value doesn't belong to the thought. You think that the thought is creating the value, but no, I'm adding the value to the thought. Well, what if I'm the value? Huh? What if the value for everything is me? Then will I need to add any value to any object? Any not me? I won't, will I? See what, see what he's saying here? This is why their people are not interested in, that know who they are, are not interested in stuff. Are you in a relationship when you're not thinking you're in a relationship? You say you're in a relationship with something, with somebody. You're in love. Are you in love with your husband when you're <coughs> sleeping? Are you in love with your husband when you're angry at your husband? Or your wife or whatever? No. You just add value to the thought according to your conditioning. <coughs> and when your wife or your husband is no longer has any value, then you get rid of the wife and the husband. You don't want to think that thought anymore. You divorce them and you go away. Or they linger in your mind as a bad thought. But they don't need to linger in your mind as a good or a bad thought. You can just withdraw the meaning from them. And, and huh? And see the value of yourself. Because they only mean something because I, I'm, I'm aware. 
Without me, they don't even exist. So I'm the boss here. The, the objects aren't the boss. Life doesn't validate me. I'm sitting around on my cell phone you know, trying to figure out if, if good things are happening, and if good things are happening, I'm good, and if bad things are happening, I'm bad. I'm not allowing what? I'm not allowing reality to tell me whether I'm good or bad and okay, am I? I'm telling him, I'm the boss here. I'll decide whether this is what, what this is. Because without me, it doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. There's no meaning. I'm the meaning. <laughs> that, that, that's how these people are. That's what they know. That's why they're, that's why what? They're indifferent, he said, they're indifferent to objects. And what? And, and the desire for objects disappears. Why? Because they know that any object can't add any value to them. Om Purnamida, Purnamidam, Purnat, Purnamudachate, Purnasya, Purnamadaya, Purnamevavashishate. It says, if, if you add an object to the self, the self doesn't change. If you take an object away from the self, the self doesn't change. Nothing happens, in other words. Huh? The self is, the, the objects are full, they're complete. The self is full and complete. If you take the objects away, the self still stays complete. If you add what? An object to the self, huh? self remains the same. So there's no gain or loss here. <laughs> so what are you saying? He's telling you what enlightenment's like. It's a beautiful, fabulous text. So lovely. <laughs>